we are more determined than ever to take this mighty gospel of Christ to as many as possible. And I believe that a church that stands up and refuses to compromise on the word, on the person of Christ, is the greatest force in all the earth. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff concludes this exciting series, The Gathering Storm. On the last Life Talk program, Pastor Jeff began to lay out the evidence of the worldwide storm that has gathered against all of mankind, especially against the followers of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and those who believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. Well-known pastor and author, Erwin Lutzer, writes, I do believe that a powerful hurricane is on its way, and we'd best be ready. We should not fear the storm that is coming, but be diligent in preparing for it. On this episode of Life Talk, Pastor Jeff concludes this powerful message on the gathering storm. So grab your Bibles, and let's go right to part two of the gathering storm. wasn't telling us to put blinders on our eyes. He was saying, don't involve yourself in self-righteous, condescending judgment. Don't judge others for what is in your own life. But he never said, don't judge. How in the world am I going to tell if a piece of fruit is good or rotten unless I judge it? Come on. Well, Pastor Jeff, it's not right to judge. Of course it's right to judge. Even the sparrows in my backyard Stay alive by judging a hawk when they see one. I mean, they know the shadow of that hawk when it comes. I've watched them because I feed them. All of a sudden, you'll hear this flurry of wings. They run up against the window. They got out of there. They fled in a hundred different directions. You look and way out there is a hawk. A blue jay can fly up. Hey, a cardinal can come along. They don't do a thing. They know what a hawk looks like. They know how it flies. They know what it sounds like. They know their enemy. They judge, and by judging, they stay alive. And you think God's going to tell us not to do the same? So what are the fruits of these two religions? Jesus said, you're going to know them by their fruit. Every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. So what are the fruits of these two religions, Christianity and Islam? Let's look at the two founders, because as is the root, so goes the fruit. Whatever the root is, and the root of any religion is its founder, then the fruit will be according to the root. So what did the two founders teach? What was their message? Well, Muhammad taught his followers to take up the sword and kill on behalf of Islam. And again, I'm just quoting from the Quran. In the Quran, there are 109 verses that have to do with violence towards non-Muslims. 109. Quran, chapter 9, verse 5. Fight 
This is Muhammad. Fight and kill the disbelievers wherever you find them. Take them captive, harass them, lie in wait, and ambush them using every stratagem of war. Quran chapter 9 verse 14. Fight them, non-believers, non-Muslims. And Allah will punish them by your hands. Lay them low and cover them with shame. He, Allah, will help you. So here's the message. When a Muslim kills someone in the name of Islam, it's really not them. It's Allah doing it through them. That's the message. In contrast, do you know that our Lord Jesus taught nonviolence as clearly as anything? He was nonviolent. He said to Simon Peter, you remember when the guards came to arrest Jesus? Simon Peter pulled out his sword and whacked off that guy's ear. You remember that? And what did Jesus say? He looked at Simon Peter and kind of said, tisk tisk. He said, Simon, put up your sword back in its place. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. And he picked up this man's ear and put it back on and voila, it was healed and put back in place. Now, guess what? If I watch somebody pick up an ear off the ground and put it on some guy's head and it's immediately healed, I don't arrest him. I take him home with me. <laughs> Come home with me. Jesus told Pontius Pilate, who couldn't understand why he wasn't fighting, why he wasn't standing up for himself. Jesus said, here's why. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world, so my followers don't fight. Look at the two polar opposites. Kill those who don't agree with you, one. Love those who don't agree with you, two. Muhammad taught his followers to hate and destroy those who are not Muslim. The Quran says in chapter 98, verse 6, that non-Muslims are, quote, the most vile of created beings. In contrast, Jesus taught his followers to love their enemies. But I say unto you, said Jesus, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. For there you are being like your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love only those who love you, what have you done that the heathen do? See, Jesus said, I'm taking you a step above that when you've got an enemy, I want you to love them. Not hate them, reject them, spurn them, ostracize them, or kill them. And what about Islam's beliefs? Now, one day, Paul the Apostle in 1 Timothy, he wrote a really small encapsulated statement of faith. And here it is. I love it. He said in 1 Timothy 2, 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. Isn't that an amen verse? Isn't that a great one? Now, the followers of Islam would agree with the first five words in that verse. There is one God. Now, there is one God. They would agree with that, although Christianity teaches a triune God, that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. He is three in one. But Islam says one God, not triune, but one. His name is Allah. He's not the same. But they would agree with the first five words. They could go with us there, for there is one God. But the similarities stop there.
They would not agree with there being one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, because they believed that Muhammad was the mediator between man and God, not Jesus. Nor would they agree with the last part of the verse that claims that Jesus gave his life a ransom for many. They would not agree with that because you know what? Islam teaches that Jesus did not die on the cross, but rather that Allah raptured him away to heaven to protect him from the Jews. So according to Islam, there's no death on the cross by a sacrificial lamb. Jesus was not the son of God. And John tells us in 1 John that whoever says Jesus didn't come in the flesh, that God didn't come in the flesh and the person of Jesus is antichrist. It's antichrist. So if, if a religion says, well, Jesus was not the son of God, he didn't die on the cross, and he did not give his life a ransom for many, the spirit of that is a spirit of antichrist. Only an antichrist spirit would seek out and kill Jews and Christians. Some of you are saying, oh, Lord, be with Pastor Jeff in the future. You know what? I wish every pulpit in the country was just getting up and telling the truth about what we're dealing with. Because I want to guarantee you, folks, it's coming to a neighborhood near you. Now, reading these things, looking at these things, just looking at the Bible and looking at the Quran, how can Islam and Christianity be compatible? How could you ever say Chrislam? How are their gods one and the same? They can't be. Biblical Christianity teaches emphatically, watch this, Jesus is God in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Jesus was God in the flesh. Not a first century hippie walking around in sandals saying cool things. He was God wrapped in skin, identifying with our plight, dying for our sins, rising from the dead on our behalf so that we could be redeemed from the consequences of sin and snatched from the clutches of an angry devil. That's why he came. So the Bible says Jesus alone died for our sins. He resurrected from the dead. He's the only way to heaven and salvation is a free gift received by believing in Jesus Christ alone. Let me put it to you this way. If you're here today and you have never said, Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and I turn to you by faith. I've heard the gospel. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. I heard that and I got convicted. And Lord, I believe that what I heard is true. You are the savior of the world. And so I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and forgive me and redeem me. If you've never done that, you're lost. I don't know how else to put it. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, that's just kind of strong. Yes, Jesus was strong. He said it. You're lost. You may have money. You may have a girlfriend, boyfriend, great family, great marriage. You may have all kinds of things going for you in the eyes of the world. But if you haven't turned to Christ, your soul is lost. You're lost. If you die today, you will go to a devil's hell. You will perish. You will. Jesus said that. He that believes not that I am he is condemned already. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but through me. So conversely, Islam teaches that one must not only believe on Muhammad, but you must earn your way into heaven in various ways, including martyrdom. I want you to know that in Islam, heaven is never a certainty. What a torturous existence that would be because it's all on your works. One only finds out whether Allah is going to let you into heaven after your death. Man, I want to know before then. I want to know before then. 
And according to the Bible, you can know before then. We can know that we are His. Know that we are saved. Know that our souls have been redeemed. We can know it. In Islam, there's no atonement for sin. There's no Savior. There's no guarantee of a glorious afterlife. No guarantee at all. It's just when you die, you find out then. Now, of particular interest to us today is that Muhammad instructed his followers that Jews and Christians were to be particularly singled out. Now, here's where I'm going with this today. Jews and Christians were to be particularly singled out. Listen to Quran, chapter 4, verse 76. O you who believe, do not take the Jews and Christians for friends. They are friends of each other. And whoever among you takes them for a friend, then surely he is one of them. Surely Allah does not guide the unjust people, meaning Jews and Christians. May Allah destroy them. End quote. Interestingly, here he is in the Quran singling out Jews and Christians. So Jews and Christians, according to Muhammad, are unjust and should be destroyed. Now, there's no question in my mind that passages like this one were alive and well in the minds of those men who hijacked those jets in 9-11 and flew those jets into the trade towers, believing that as soon as they struck the trade towers, they would wake up in heaven with 72 versions and a happy life. And boy, did they have a shock. According to the Bible... There's no question in my mind that passages like this were alive and well of the animal who beheaded the American journalist, videotaped for the world to see, the video of which I will not look at because that's what they want me to do, but beheaded an American citizen. There's no question in my mind that verses like this, you're doing God a favor. Didn't Jesus say the day is going to come when those who kill you will think they're doing God a service? Didn't he say that? Yes, he did. So let's talk about what's happening in our world as we speak. We're witnessing a fresh gathering storm of Islamic hatred right now against both Jews and Christians, not just Jews and Christians, but primarily in the form of terrorist groups like Al-Qaeda, Hamas, and the worst of all, ISIS. It was a representative of ISIS who beheaded that American journalist. I still can't figure out where is the rage in Washington that an American citizen was beheaded? Where's the rage? Well, that's another topic. But let's just look at Israel for a minute. Land of Israel is now totally surrounded by predominantly Muslim nations dedicated to her destruction. Since Israel withdrew from the Gaza Strip as a peace step in 2005... Terrorists have fired more than 11,000 rockets into Israel, the apple of God's eye, God's land. Now, I'm not saying the Jewish people are better than anybody else, but here's the deal. They are God's covenant people. They are the apple of his eye, and that land is the apple of his eye. That land is the land he gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, starting in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. So no wonder Satan hates that land. 11,000 rockets. Can you imagine Count to from 1 to 11,000, see how long it takes you, and imagine every one, every number, being a rocket aimed at you. These rockets have the capacity of striking key cities like Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Over 5 million Israelis are currently living under the threat of rocket attacks each and every day. Can you imagine waking up every day? Is the siren going off before noon? Is it going off before I get to work? What are we going to do if it goes off and the kids are in school? More than half a million of these Israelis, of the five million I just mentioned, 
who live under the daily threat of rocket attack, over half a million of those, have less than 60 seconds to find shelter after a rocket is launched from Gaza into Israel. So the alarm goes off and you know you've got 60 seconds to find an air raid shelter. Every day it is, okay, kids, I may have to come get you. Here's what you do. Here's what I'll do. Here's where we'll meet. 60 seconds. That's the Jewish people right now. As for Christians, reported cases of Christians killed for their faith worldwide, watch this, doubled in the year 2013 from the year 2012. So the number of Christian martyrs in 2012 doubled in one year. In Iraq, the Islamic terrorist group called ISIS has committed unspeakable atrocities against believers by the thousands. And I told myself, I won't say what they're doing to Christians in a mixed crowd with children in it. Christians like you, like me, who love the same Jesus, worship the same Lord. We did just now. They have been given the option in Iraq by ISIS, convert to Islam, pay the Muslim tax, leave Iraq altogether or die. And they have one week to make up their mind. This persecution of Christians by radical Islam is happening in Africa, Egypt, Iran, Iraq, the Middle East, and other major portions of the globe. And America is on their target list. Now you say, well, Pastor Jeff, did I come to church today to get scared? No. I told you I'm going to encourage you. Hang on. Grab the edge of your seat. But I got to tell you the truth. You know what pastor means? Episkopos is one of the Greek words that means pastor. Epi means watch over or over. It means over. Epi is over. And scopos means watch. Episcopos means watch over. So I'm called to watch over you. I'm called to tell you the truth. Episcopos. Well-known pastor and author Erwin Lutzer writes, I do believe that a powerful hurricane is on its way and we'd best be ready. We should not fear the storm that is coming, but be diligent in preparing for it. I don't know to what level radical Islam is coming this way, but folks, it's here. It's here. So I'm going to give you three words. I'm going to give you a comforting word. Everybody say, Phew. I'm going to give you an encouraging word. So everybody say, all right. all right. And I'm going to give you a motivating word. Because let me tell you, in light of all these things, God has everything under control. Everything. Let me give you a comforting word first. Here's the words of Joshua to Israel just before they crossed the Jordan to face the giants of the land in their day. The terroristic threat of their day was these giants. And they were crossing the Jordan to face them. So Joshua looked at them and gave them a word from God. Here it is. I want you to read it with me. Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be terrified, nor be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Now here is an encouraging word. And I'm quoting the words of Elisha. You remember Elisha and his servant were in the tent. The servant Gehazi woke up in the morning, looked out the tent, and he was surrounded by the Syrian army. And he basically said, alas, master, it's over. It's been great. Been real knowing you. This is the end. And Elisha just kind of said, oh, Lord, you know, please open his eyes. And I want us to read together what he said to the servant. Are you ready? Here it is. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us 
are more than those who are with them. And then God opened up his eyes and he saw the mountains surrounding them filled with chariots of fire and the angels of God. And I want you to know, folks, that for every demon spirit in the world, there are two angels that did not fall. And we have with us God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Now here's third, and I like this one best, a motivating word. I'm going to quote the words of the Apostle Paul because Paul held on to the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, let me tell you about the unparalleled power that is in the gospel. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. Can everybody say that with me? It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile, let me add, and for the Muslim. Did you know that Muslims are being converted to Christianity all over the world? Do you know that angels are appearing to Muslims where Christian witnesses cannot go and preaching Jesus Christ to them and they are being saved? The power of God is manifested in the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. So let me tell you what our resolve is. No matter what happens, what comes our way, how far into America radical Islam infiltrates, We are more determined than ever to take this mighty gospel of Christ to as many as possible, in as many ways as possible, as quickly as possible. And I believe that a church that stands up and refuses to compromise on the blood, on the word, on the person of Christ is the greatest force in all the earth. And this whole thing could be turned by the preaching of the gospel. Jesus told Pontius Pilate, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom of God is not acquired by force or by the sword. The kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom to be built by his followers. His kingdom is of the spiritual, the supernatural, the eternal and is superior on every level to any other kingdom. We are instructed in Romans to believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and that we should declare that Jesus alone is Lord and we would be saved in this world and in the world to come. Jesus himself earned our approval and acceptance by God, his Father, into heaven. I appeal to you who have not yet accepted the great love of our Father God in heaven, that he loves you and wants you to receive the sacrifice of his Son, Jesus Christ, for yourself by faith and be saved from death and hell. Well, that's it for this time. We hope you've enjoyed the message and will remember the words of Elisha. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Join Pastor Jeff again next time as he begins a new life-changing series entitled Piercing the Darkness. Until then, may God bless you richly. Today's program is entitled The Gathering Storm. You can get a copy of this message for just $5 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. 
Get your copy of today's message for just $5 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.